When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. For example, Deladon, you know, an MVP, amazing, you know, accomplished player. And I get compared to her a lot. That is something I just want to keep striving for, right, to reach her level of success. So I don't shy away from it. If anything, you know, you just want to step up to the challenge. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Here's your host, John Little. Oh, it's happening. Yes, it is. Welcome into the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. I'm your host, John Little. Thank you so much for being here once again as we drive on through this basketball wasteland. WNBA would have started this week. What a bummer that is. Great to have you here. And I just wanted to say, if you didn't catch last week's show, Satu Sabali, formerly of Oregon, now of the WNBA and her WNBA teammate with the Dallas Wings, Ty Harris, formerly of South Carolina. That one turned out really well. And for whatever reason, it is going to be our most listened to show ever. I can already tell because we're already on the cusp of it and it's just going to keep driving forward. We're very early on in the process here, right? And uh, yeah, I thought it was a good show. I didn't know it was uh, that good, but that's what the people say. That's what the people want to hear, I guess. And I just wanted to give a special shout out to a couple new people on the Her Hoop Stats crew, Bailey Johnson and Dan White doing a great job helping us uh, promote the podcast during the week on Twitter. Dan putting together some videos. Maybe you saw those this week on Twitter of some of the best cuts from each of the players and then uh, Bailey helping push it out there as well. Uh, They were outstanding. So, 
Big shout out to you guys for sure. A reminder to rate and review the podcast. We always appreciate it when you do that on Apple Podcasts. That's where you can do that. If you just scroll down to the bottom, you can pick one through five stars and then even leave a review if you'd like to. And that just helps other people find the show. And also share it with your friends. Share it with your basketball-loving friends. We appreciate that. We move on this week with another interview with a rookie And the Dallas Wings had three of the first seven picks in this draft. So sandwiched right in between Satu Sabali and Ty Harris was Bella Allery, formerly of Princeton. And golly, it was just just an outstanding conversation that I got to have with Bella. And first of all, she loves musicals. I love musicals. There's nothing better than that. So we uh, do a little dive on that. But then also just talking about uh, her career. And let's be honest, you wouldn't expect a top five prospect in the WNBA draft to come out of an Ivy League school. But maybe more and more that's going to happen with a player like Bella Allery coming out of Princeton. But, you know, it's one of those things where it wasn't always that way for her. She was not always thought of as a top five player in this class. And so we go through that development. When did that change? You're really going to enjoy that portion of it. And then we've heard a lot of comparisons as well of her game to other established greats in the WNBA. And I was just curious to know whether or not she shied away from that or liked those comparisons. So an interesting answer coming up there as well. It's a great chat with the number five pick in the WNBA draft, Bella Allery. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell me about your last few weeks. I know you have been really, really busy. Yeah, definitely busy. couple weeks. You know, it's not what a lot of my friends are doing in quarantine. Um, I feel like been spending a lot of time, you know, finishing up school and training and preparing for the WNBA. So it's been hectic and, you know, the draft was really exciting, but, you know, trying to plan it all and be at home was definitely, you know, challenging, but it's been a really exciting time. Um, Lots of cool changes happening and, you know, yeah, just definitely been keeping busy for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Tell me about uh, the end of your schoolwork. How challenging was that as you kind of wrap things up uh, for this semester? Yeah. So I still have, you know, a few assignments left to complete. But yeah, I mean, so the draft was April 17th and then a week later, my senior thesis was due like an 80 page paper. And mm. it's kind of been a year long project for me. But, you know, there's all those loose ends you have to tie up at the end. And so it felt like after this whole big relief, you know, the draft is is done. This whole big moment that you are so excited for your whole life. There's a huge relief. And then I had this big assignment that I had to finish. But, yeah, definitely have been prepared for it, you know, for my four years at college, just with time management and everything, and it it all worked out fine. I I was just thinking about this with you in particular, that uh, the part where the WNBA season was delayed, was that a relief for you at all, just uh, with your mind knowing what was coming after the draft and that sort of thing? Not really, because actually given the whole coronavirus, my thesis deadline was pushed back, and there was a lot that changed in terms of how I could do my research. Everything had to be virtual, so I couldn't visit the New York Public Library, access archives or resources that I was planning on um, in writing my thesis. So if anything, it was more of a roadblock. I would have turned my thesis in like April 7th or something. So 
it actually just kind of pushed everything back given the circumstances. But then you got the final four in the way if it's April 7th. So I don't know how you would have done That's all true. that, you know? Yeah. How would you have done all that? But we're talking with Bella Allery here. What was your thesis on? I wrote about a musical from the 1920s and kind of did a deep analysis of, of the script and the history. Kind of talked about like gender, gender roles and, and stereotypes and things like that. Oh, heck yes. What musical? Yeah. Shuffle Along. What was the most startling discovery that you made when doing your research? I mean, I think the cool thing about, you know, being a history major is there's so much that can be used to make arguments and to uncover things. And I've always been a huge fan of of Broadway and musicals and stuff. And for me, I think just the exciting thing was like reading, you know, an original script from the 1920s and applying like my knowledge and doing a deep analysis of something that I was really interested in. The biggest thing you can take away is your ability to research and write and have this huge project in front of you and, you know, step by step, go and accomplish it and finish it. And so that's what was I was really proud of at the end is that at the beginning, there's a daunting 80 page paper to write. And then by the end, you've accomplished this huge this huge task with just you know, putting in work every day. So it was just really, you know, it was exciting and, and really satisfying at the end. That is awesome. And, and people that want to hear about basketball, they're just going to have to wait. You're just going to have to fast forward um, yeah. because we've got we've got so much more important things to talk about. What's your favorite musical? What uh, what what genre of musicals Ooh. do you like? Yeah, um, my favorite musical is Hamilton. I think a lot of people would agree with me um, just being being a history major too i've always loved history and it's just one of the most original exciting musicals i've ever seen just seems to be a work of genius in my eyes so i just absolutely enjoy it so much and just listening to the soundtrack and stuff but i've i like a lot of musicals I actually took a seminar this year um at princeton where we you know talked and watched about just tons of musicals from like the 1950s to now and that was that was really cool so i don't Hamilton's my favorite, but I really do love a lot of musicals. Are you a performer? <laughs> no. Um, I was into musicals when I was younger. I played the giraffe and Lion King um, in middle school. <laughs> that was my big role. Fun fact. Um, uh, yeah, fun fact alert. But, but um, I always really liked, um, you know, art in the theater. And that was something that was a big part of my mom and I's relationship. Growing up, you know, she she didn't really play sports. She was more into arts and things like that. And so having that with her and kind of growing up around theater and stuff was was really a big part of my my growth and it's just one of my huge interests now who plays you in the bella allery musical that's coming out in about 20 years <laughs> oh gosh i don't know i don't know if there's anyone tall enough on broadway to play me <laughs> maybe not but you know put kelly o'hara on stilts and you know just call it a day i think <laughs> Her and every, anything is wonderful. We're visiting with Bella Allery. Bella, thanks so much for entertaining us there. Uh, and that kind of you know takes me to the next mode, uh, which was interesting. The, the comparisons of your game to other players leading up to the draft as people tried mm-hmm. to explain who you were, what you were all about. Uh, first of all, let's just have a conversation about comparisons. Do you like getting compared to other people? Is that a is that flattering for you or is that something you shy away from? No, I think it's flattering for sure. And I usually if I'm compared to someone, um, 
people like to compare you to like usually the best at what they do and like how you can reach that level. So for example, Deladon, you know, an MVP, amazing, you know, accomplished player. And I get compared to her a lot. And that is something I just want to keep striving for, right. To reach her level of success. So I don't shy away from it. If anything, you know, you just want to step up to the challenge to be as great as those players. I've been compared to different players that my, throughout my life and I think it it just pushes you and gives you someone to to watch and to you know be a role model for you is Elena Deladon your favorite comparison that you got or do you have one that you think is a little bit closer to your current game or, or what's your thought there yeah I think she's a great one I think Emma Meesman is also a really good comparison um I've been watching a lot of Candace Parker and you know she's someone too that I do want to model my game off of she's at you know the highest level at what I want to be um so those are some players then on the NBA side like Kevin Durant um I sometimes get kind of with our body types and our style of play um so all obviously great players that I'm naming so you know you just want to to be as great as them and to kind of strive for their level of talent. But for you, like you've said before, you've had that growth spurt. You went from being the guard to the forward. So probably Mm -hmm. early on in your basketball playing days, you were comparing yourself to other players along the way, I would guess. Yeah. um, When I was younger, I mostly just listened to my dad and kind of took away what he was teaching me so we would watch you know a lot of Duke games together because my dad went there and he's a huge Dukey still and you know watches all the games um and if anything I was more just like a student of the game at the time and didn't really have like particular players when I was really young that I was like that's who I want to be but instead kind of was just taking away a lot of different things that I was seeing um but yeah as I got older and you kind of grow into yourself and can kind of see what you'll look like in a year and five years you can start to compare yourself more to different players Hmm. what went into your decision to go to Princeton yeah I mean when I was getting recruited after my freshman year of high school I was way shorter than I am now and weighed a lot less than I do now and I was a different player um in a lot of ways I was more of a guard like shooter slasher undersized if I was playing in the forward position and I was definitely I was in like the they do the ESPN top 100s and I was ranked in the 80s for you know recruits and so I was under I was under recruited um and you know you for the coaches that saw that you know future potential in me especially you know the Princeton coaches coach Banghart um they saw that potential in me Um, And I was able to grow a lot, grow into my body, gain a lot of confidence as a player and just acquire new skills. And so that recruiting process, I was able to really focus on, you know, mid-major schools. And I fell in love with the Ivy League um, and what they were all about. And Princeton was, you know, the obvious choice for me at the end. Uh, Your grandfather went to Princeton, is that correct? Mm -hmm. And was part of Princeton. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He graduated in 1957. And I have really vague memories as a little girl in a stroller at reunions um, with him and the rest of my family. So I've always known Princeton and, you know, my grandfather speaks very highly of Princeton and is just, you know, in awe with the university and what they do. And um, I've always heard good things about it. And so that also helped a lot to kind of have, you know, that background um, and that kind of exposure to Princeton early on. 
Um, but yeah, I really just fell in love with the place when I got there. Mm, that's really cool. Was there anybody near you, ex-teammates or anybody close to you that had gone to an Ivy League school and kind of helped you know that that was a, uh, a really good way to go? Or what fascinated you about playing in the Ivy League? How did that take hold for you? Yeah, I think, you know, you kind of start out just talking with coaches and hearing like what their school brings and why you'd be a good fit there. Um, and then once I was able to visit campuses and most specifically Princeton, meeting the players and the team and seeing how they interacted with each other and how they strive for greatness on and off the court and were challenged in the classroom and were playing really high level basketball. You know, they had a 30 and 0 season, you know, the first um, at large bid to the NCAA tournament out of the Ivy League. They were having a lot of success on the court as well. At the end of the day, it was a gut feeling for me that that I love Princeton, but it was definitely the team and the people that really just inspired me and made me, you know, want to go there too. What do you think you could have done in the NCAA tournament had this team been able to participate? I think we could have, we would have gone on a run. We were playing really good basketball. Um, I'm a true believer that defense wins championships, especially after this season. And, you know, we were the best scoring defense in the country. And I think that would have taken us far. You know, it was obviously devastating for us and every other team that didn't get the opportunity to compete. But I'd like to think we would have, you know, made some noise in the tournament. How frustrating was it for teams to play against you this year? I think it was pretty frustrating because we'd usually put teams away pretty early just by our defense and our motor. We were just always really locked in on the defensive end. And if shots weren't falling for us or things weren't going our way, that was always consistent was the defensive end. Um, in the offensive end, we had a lot of different weapons, and I felt like this year a lot of different players were stepping up and hitting big shots and being involved in so many different ways. And so, I mean, I think we were we were a menace of a team. We pretty much put away every Ivy team by, like, 14 points or more all season. And so it just felt like we went out every day with the mentality that we were going to dominate, and we did that. And that's tough to do when teams are so familiar with you as well. It's tough uh, It's tough to do that for sure. We're visiting mm-hmm. with uh, Bella Allery here, now of the Dallas Wings. Sometimes when you look at a player's collegiate statistics, you can kind of see year over year, all right, well, this year uh, they improved a lot in rebounding, or this year, you know, look at this uh, assist mm-hmm. turnover ratio. That's gotten a lot better. I mean, your your stats improved over the course of your career, but they were pretty steady. So... Mm-hmm. Tell us what was behind the numbers. Where do you feel like you improved as a basketball player between your freshman and senior seasons? I think the big thing that you don't see in the statistics is um, my mentality as a player and my confidence as a player. I think if you had watched me play my freshman year of college, I was sometimes a little bit of a head case with myself. If I missed my first few shots, it was really hard for me to stay you know, focused on the game and not get frustrated. And so that mental toughness that I developed over my four years has helped me massively and has just been a huge improvement. Um, And so that's something you can't really see on paper, but I think I'm really proud of my development um, mentally as a basketball player through my college experience. Um, But just what goes behind it is, I think for me, like I wanted to go out every night and get a double-double and, you know, that – that kind of means, you know, I wanted to be an offensive threat. I wanted to get rebounds, and that's not only on the offensive end, but the defensive end um, to end possessions and, you know, 
play defense and sometimes that's seen with block shots but also just the way you know I play team defense and I've learned over my career at Princeton how to be a great team defender um, and kind of be that last line of defense um, around the rim has been really valuable to me and I think I've grown a lot there too. Was there a particular breakthrough you mentioned mentality and I was just wondering Mm -hmm. was it like a moment was it a game was it a practice was it truly just a slow burn and a slow learning process? I think there were two kind of big moments in my career that kind of helped me push my mentality like forward in a positive way. And so the first one, after my freshman year, I got to play on the U19 USA team. And if anything, you know, that boosted my confidence is a lot, a lot as a player because I got to play with and against, you know, the best of the best in our country and internationally. And that just kind of gave me that confidence boost I needed as a player. Uh, and then later down the road, my junior year before our season started, I broke my wrist and I had to sit out for, you know, the first part of our season and not get to play. And that time that I spent just training, trying to get better, you know, get myself ready and, and back in shape and everything that made me so motivated to get back on the court. And, you know, I felt like my first game back, I just had a whole new gear. I was, you know, I was reaching um, and had this whole new mentality. I don't know really if it was just my time away or something that just made me super motivated. And ever since then, I felt like I kind of had this other gear I reached and I just wasn't bothered by, by much. I just, you know, just played through everything. That's really cool. Um, and you mentioned playing with the, the U.S. national team. Was Ty Harris mm-hmm. on that team with you? She was. She was on that team and the Pan Am team. So I've actually had two USA experiences with her. What do you like about Ty's game and and playing with her? Because obviously now you get to do it on a more permanent basis. I'm excited. Ty, you know, just off the court is a really nice person and she's someone you want to be around. So I'm just excited to, you know, be in the same city and on the same team as her. Um, And then just on the court, she's a great point guard. She's unselfish. She gets her team involved. She's super competitive, which I love, um, and just has a winning mentality. Um, and so in practices and in games, she was someone you could always count on and rely on to bring her best. Um, and so I'm really excited to be on the same w, WNBA team as her because I think um, she's just an awesome point guard in person. How did like the commitment process to Princeton and maybe you know, um, getting ready for uh, your first year at Princeton, how does it compare to being drafted by the WNBA? And Because uh, it, it looked like that night affected you, just watching you, uh, you know, on video. It, mm-hmm. it looked like it was a very emotional moment for you. Yeah, I think for me, I felt like it was this, you know, culmination of all this hard work and growth I'd put in as a player and you know it was a dream come true to be you know called fifth in the WNBA draft that was just it was definitely a lot of emotions and um we also had a technical difficulty right before they called my name where the phone that was recording us died and we had to charge it and get it all up and running within like 10 seconds and so a little bit of what you saw in that reaction video is also me super relieved that, that it even worked but um yeah, I mean, just there's so much, you know, that that goes into preparing, you know, over the course of your life and specifically in my time at Princeton that got me to 
to draft night. And so it was it was definitely emotional for sure. So did you always have that that goal and that thought that you were going to be a WNBA player coming out of Princeton? Or was that did that become more important to you as you went on and you started to gain more recognition as a player that could make it at the next level? Yeah, I think, you know, I picked Princeton because I was going to get the best of both worlds there. But, you know, a lot of players who have, you know, WNBA aspirations, um, you know, wouldn't have picked Princeton because it's not, you know, power five school. You know, we're not getting the same exposure as basketball program as a lot of these power five schools. And I definitely came to a realization about wanting to play in the WNBA and making that a goal for me. I think it was like the beginning of my sophomore year of college when I had a conversation with Coach Banghart and she was like, there are WNBA scouts who are intrigued by you as a prospect. You have, you know, you're really interesting to them and it's not going to, you know, happen overnight, but with the right development and mentality, this could be a real possibility for you. And she kind of urged me to think about if that was something I wanted. And just hearing that made me realize it was possible. And, you know, since that conversation, my, mentality like shifted even more and I wasn't focused on just my Princeton career and you know being the best player I could be for my program and my school but then it was like you know this is this could be my future Mm. um and so that kind of was a a big shift for me that is really neat it's great to to hear how that went down so you guys you get drafted by the wings by by the way what uh, number are you going to be wearing in Dallas do you know yet I'm number 32, which was my dad's number in college. All right. Very cool. (laughs) That'll mean a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, what do you first anticipate is going to be different about the WNBA than what you experienced, not only in college, but even, you know, like on the U.S. national team where you've played at uh, a high level as well? Yeah. I mean, the big thing is, you know, the WNBA has the best of the best in the world, and it's a really, really ultra competitive league with, you know, super talented players. And I think the biggest change is, you know, I've always usually been the tallest on the court. Um, and that's not going to be the case every night in the league. There's, you know, women who are, you know, taller than six, five. And I think just the length and the strength and also the experience of a lot of the players, you know, I've only played to my age group, like college or, for the U19 team, I guess I've had some experience, you know, in the Pan Am games playing, you know, older professional women. But um, for the most part, you know, I've played people at my age and level. And so I do think that'll be a big shift is just the length and the strength and experience of the players in the league. What about the pace of the game? You mentioned that you guys had a, a high motor at Princeton, but it's yeah. just a little—it's a little bit more wide open than the college game is typically right. as a whole. Not even just comparing it to Princeton. So, how do you feel like you'll adapt, or do you think that will be a good thing for your game uh, to play in these more wide open, higher-paced games with that twenty-four-second shot clock? Yeah, I think I'm excited about it because I like to play at a fast pace. And even though I'm sometimes a forward, I'm fast and I like to run the floor and stretch the floor. I think that's one of the reasons why the Wings were interested in me was my ability to, you know, be a tall guard forward and be able to be versatile and step out at the three or play inside. And so that's going to, I think, be a good thing for me in the future of the league. 
Um, it's kind of moving towards this like positionless basketball, which I really like. And um, yeah, I'm just excited. I think it'll definitely be an adjustment for for me and for all the rookies. Just it's a whole new pace, and you know you don't really know it. You could watch as much as as you want, but you don't know it until you're on the floor for the first time. Um, and you, you experience that as a freshman in college, but it's just another step up. So it'll definitely be an adjustment, but I'm excited. What about you and Satu on the floor at the same time on the wings two positionless players, like you're saying, I mean, that just sounds so hard to defend to me mm-hmm. and, and kind of makes me excited to see you guys play together. What excites you about that pairing? Like you said, I think that we're very similar in what we bring is that like positionless versatile basketball. And I'm excited to see, you know, how teams match up on us because, you know, if there's a guard on me, I can play closer to the basket. If there's a guard on Satu, she can be closer to the basket. You know, if it's a big, you can move away from the basket. I think it just creates difficult matchups for the other team and you have to make decisions about, you know, who you guard, who's guarding who. Um, but I'm excited. She's she's a really fun player to watch and I'm excited to kind of get more chemistry with her on the court and kind of see what this it looks like to have two players who are similar in, in what you were saying, these, you know, two versatile players. And and you really have a chance to be part of the new era because this Dallas Wings team is so young. <laughs> My goodness, is it <laughs> yeah. young? Does that frighten you or does that excite you? Just the fact that uh, your Wings cohorts, I mean, there's – Nobody over 27. I think Kayla Thornton's like the uh, the oldest one. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like she just got out of college or she just started making her way. Um, so yeah. what do you think about that, playing on such a young team? I think, you know, I'm just really excited. I think there's so much potential with this group. And we are young and less experienced than other teams. But there's so much potential and there's a lot of talent. Um, and I think there's a, there's a different energy that might come from a team that's young. Um, and hungry and, you know, ready to move up, you know, in the ranks of the WNBA. So I'm mostly excited just to be a part of it and to build on on what they've established and just keep growing as a group. But I think it's fun because, you know, as young players, there's a lot of chances to learn and to be molded as players and as a team. And I think that'll make us successful in the long run. Oh, that is uh, outstanding. What was what's been your interaction with Coach Agler so far as he tries to get you acclimated to his system? Yeah, it's been great. Just phone calls and texts and stuff. You know, we we talk as a team occasionally, just staying connected. Um, but yeah, with Coach Agler, he has me watch film. You know, we talk about basketball, what I'm doing, you know, now to stay ready, um, who I should be watching. So it's been good. He's been just keeping me involved and excited about, you know, starting whenever we do. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it, Bella, and really looking forward to seeing how things shake out in Dallas uh, when you guys do get to get on the floor, and we hope it's very, very soon. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> That's her, Bella Allery. Really appreciate her being with us. What another fun rookie story. And the more we talk to these players coming into the league, you just hope beyond hope that they actually get a chance to play this year in whatever form even if it's not in their home arenas, that they get a chance to start their careers, these things that they've worked so long toward. If you like this podcast, there are 
great ones just like it. Just scan on back, see which names you like, click on it, and listen to our back catalog. It is really starting to ramp up. Hours and hours of listening fun. You'll enjoy it. And if you like the show this week, just share it with a friend. That's all we ask. If you ever have feedback on Twitter, at HerHoopStats, our DMs are always open. I'm at John Little Voice, and Little is spelled with Ds. My DMs are open as well if you've got any feedback. And you can always email us, podcast at HerHoopStats.com. The announcer on the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Susie Solis. Your music by Jared Deck, JaredDeckMusic.com. And Aaron Barzilai is the executive producer of this little show. I'm John Little, reminding you that at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we are unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.